Welcome to the Calvary Community Church Podcast. For more content and information about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryhouston.com. Well, we're super excited about today. As we think about a new school year and a new opportunity for our kids to make a difference in their in their classrooms and at their campuses. We also have the opportunity to, we just prayed for different staff, and I want to invite you to continue to pray for teachers, pray for the staff, pray for what's going on in our schools. And uh, God has placed people strategically in this hour to impact the lives of children, changing the trajectory of them for good. And we get to do that through our partnership with Hairgrove Elementary. And it is an honor to introduce to you Michelle Lee, who is the principal at Hairgrove Elementary. Would y'all welcome her as she comes and shares with us? It's really good to see you. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Great to be here. I always look forward to this day every year, and um, I tell everyone that joins our staff, and every year as we hire new staff members, that I truly believe that God looks over Hairgrove, and um, no matter what our struggles are, you know, there's a teacher shortage, there's a worker shortage, there's shortages everywhere in um, education, and no matter what positions we have open, we always find the right person, and it's it's just amazing, and that's why I just tell everybody, God always watches over us, and we always overcome with, with the blessings. So, um, I just wanted to let you guys know I'm honored to be honored to be here today to speak with you about our partnership with um, Calvary. Um, it's such a special partnership. It's been going on since about 2005, still going strong, and we are just blessed every year to have all the help from Calvary. And just want you to know how thankful I am for for everything that you guys do. A little bit about Hargrove, we are a very special campus. Um, we're about 88% economically disadvantaged, which is, um, I think we're probably the, in the, the bottom of our campuses as far as economically disadvantaged. There's about 50, there's 58, just opened a new school this year, 58 elementaries, and um, they kind of break us up into clusters. So. Um, by our economically disadvantaged. So we're cluster nine. So we are the most, one of the most at-risk schools, yet we are very, very successful. We are always scoring the top 10 schools in Cypher. We just got our star scores on Friday, and we are looking very, very, very good. So uh, it was a brand new test last year, all online. They added a writing component, third grade and fifth grade, which was totally new. They changed all the question types, so it was a brand new test. And usually the state, when they do a brand new test, they don't count it that first year because it's kind of like a baseline. Well, this year they counted it. Um, and so we are we're nervous, but we dug our, you know, hard, did our hard work, got things going, do what we do, and we're coming out in the top again. So I'm very, very, very thankful, <laughs> yes. Um, the stay's a little slow on getting us, like, our ratings and all of that coming out, but um, we're supposed to get that in early September, so we'll figure out all of that. We just kind of got a pre preliminary results on Friday. Um, I want to speak briefly this morning about one specific area that um, we need help with going forward this year, and that's mentoring. Um, coming out of COVID, we've seen just a lot of need for mentoring and our kids needing that little extra attention, just someone to kind of be their cheerleader and support them throughout the year and kind of in a non-formal way. Um, my goal for this year is to double our mentors so um, that we had last year. 
I think we had about 13 total. So if anyone out here is available to help mentor, I really, really appreciate it. Um, not only does it change their lives, but yours as well. So we hear testimonies by adults that mentor, and it changes their life just as much as it changes the student's life. Um, a lot of research out there on mentoring. I just want to highlight a few things. Increased high school graduation rates. So even though the littles have a mentor, it helps them you know, throughout and helps them become better as they go to high school and college. Lower high school dropout rates. Healthier relationships and lifestyle choices. Enhance self-esteem and self-confidence, and we see that a lot with our kids at Hairgrove. They just seem to be happier. They believe in themselves a little bit more. Um, those are the kids who are kind of lacking their confidence, so it kind of just gives them that extra boost. Improved behavior, both at home and school, and we see that as well. Stronger relationships with teachers, parents, and peers. Our parents have actually commented to us about the mentor program and, and just how they see a difference at home as well. Improved interpersonal skills, which we know is very important coming out of COVID. A lot of, you know, socialization is it's kind of a struggle. Decreased likelihood of initiating drug and alcohol use and increased academic performance. So lots and lots of benefits of mentoring. It's 30 minutes a week. So, and if you can't make it every week, it's not a problem. We have real life success stories at Hairgrove with the mentors that have come and made a difference in our students' lives. Our students ask all the time when their mentor's coming, even though they know the schedule. They still ask. Um, so please come out and mentor just 30 minutes a week. Um, what, hap what it looks like is you come during their lunchtime, um, they eat their lunch, you're welcome to eat your lunch too, but it's up to you. Play a little game with them, just visit, do an activity, color. Just very informal, just someone there to talk to them, show them that you know you care, and it's just a little bit of extra attention that they may need. Um, this extra attention and special relationship is life-changing for our students, so please consider helping out and consider getting involved in this very important program. The more, the merrier. Hopefully, I will be up here next year saying that we do have a lot more mentors and that we met our goal. So. Um, let us know if you're interested, and we can give you more information. And you can see Patty Ressler if you're interested. Um, there are so many other ways that the church helps support us throughout the year. And if you've been involved with supporting Hargrove in any way, I just want to say thank you from me, my staff, my students, and our families. Very much appreciated. If you haven't been involved yet, there's lots of things to do. Some that require just a little bit of time, some that requires more time. But we have something for everybody. Um, there's a lot of opportunities available for the upcoming school year. We'd love to have your support in any way possible. We give all our, our students all we have, and they're worth whatever it takes. We truly have the best students, the best staff, the best families. And I thank you again for your kindness and support, and please pray for us as we start the school year. And thank you for your support, and have a blessed day. Thank you. And Patty's going to talk a little bit about mentoring as well. Right, so to put a little more plug in for mentors, um, I have been a mentor for hmm, probably five years, maybe now. Um, highly, highly, highly recommend. Um, the first time I mentored, I went in with a lot of trepidation because I thought, oh, how do I connect with these kids? How do I relate to them? I wasn't quite sure who I was getting at first, but our counselors are fabulous at matching you with a student because the counselors will talk with you first and then they'll go, oh, they have a perfect student for you. And I think, I don't think we've ever had a mentor ever say that they weren't connecting with their student. It's very simple, very easy, like I said, 30 minutes a week. 
And the one thing we've noticed what's consistently with our, the mentees is that they do look forward to their mentor coming, even if it's just to play a game. Um, just the relational aspect that there's an adult who's willing to give up their time to spend 30 minutes with them. And honestly, the very first mentor I had didn't know really how to play games. They don't play games at home very much. Um, a lot of times parents are working, uh, both parents, or if there's a lot of siblings, it just isn't the time to be able to just play a simple game with them. Well, that's what we did every week. He and I played and the same game every single week, and he loved it. And it took about probably two years for him to really open up. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. He was having some struggles at home, but because we took the time to build a relationship together, it took two years uh, for him to really kind of open up and share a little bit. And, um, and he went off to middle school just, I mean, he was so excited about middle school and with more confidence to go to middle school. And um, so yeah, I talked with his teacher at the time and doing better in class. Um, so it really does have an impact on these kiddos. Like I said, it's only 30 minutes. Um, is Jane Winnie in here? Jane has a fabulous story. I'm not gonna, uh, can she share? Okay, she can share. Well, it's about your mentee. Um, you come share. It's such a fabulous story. Talk about the longevity of building a relationship with these kids. And even if you just spend a few years in elementary, the impact it can have. She has a story of impact all the way through high school. So I started mentoring um, this little girl uh, when she was in kindergarten. So I had her actually for six years at um, Hairgrove. And um, it took a while for us to uh, break through and, and really just have conversation. Um, she had some physical issues. And uh, so anyway, uh, by the end of middle school, she allowed me to go to um, her first year at, I'm sorry, uh, elementary. She allowed me to join her at middle school for her sixth year. And uh, the, at the end of that school year, she was ready to, to go on. But um, so fast forward, this year she just graduated from Sci Falls uh, in, in the, with a Kuma Samlata, uh, you know, diploma, you know, certificate, and I got to go. She, I think what touched my heart more than anything else is the phone call that I got. And Jane, would you come to my graduation? And I hadn't seen or talked to her all that time. And then she remembered me and invited me to come. So, so to see her walk and just know that I had just a very small part of that um, achievement was just like, wow, amazing. So, yeah. The great part about being a mentor in elementary school is you can help create a foundation. You can start with them when they're young in hopes of helping them through like their elementary years and to help to build the confidence, to build their character, to build all that. And so when they do get to middle school, a lot of times they don't want mentors to follow them. Sometimes they do. Uh, but we've helped create that foundation for them so that they can be successful later. Um, so highly recommend. If you're interested, like I said, 30 minutes a week, they work with your schedule. They allow you to pick whatever grade you would like. If you would rather have a kindergartner or would you rather have a fifth grader, you're, you're welcome to choose. Uh, but just building a relationship with a student is just fantastic. So highly recommend to see me if you're interested. I'm Patty Ressler. Um, we'll get you connected. So.
What we say here at Calvary is that a caring adult can change the trajectory of a child. A caring adult. And so some of you are doing that in your neighborhoods with your, your friends and your neighbors there. I know Tom Petrie, uh, he's, he's never grown up, and he plays games with people all day long in his neighborhood. And the kids, the lives that he's impacted is stunning. And so it takes a little time. It takes, it takes uh, making an effort. But when you make an effort, it's transformative. And so as you heard from Ms. Lee, I just want to remind you, that our partnership, it's a, it's a three-way partnership with Copperfield Church, Calvary Community Church, and Hairgrove Elementary. It is making a difference in the lives of children. And so today what I want to do is I want to talk about a vision that the Lord has. I want God to capture our hearts today with the importance of partnering with public schools. And I want you to hear something else. If you don't have the opportunity to do that, I want to encourage you to pray for public schools. Now today we have prayed for public schools, private schools, and home schools. Every school is important. Every system is important. But in our culture, the enemy is raising up fear and anger so that there's actually driving a wedge where people are riding off public school. And public school education was so important that our founding fathers they committed to this. It's in our state constitution that we have public quality public education, super important. And so uh, in this hour, when you hear so many bad reports and so many things going on, I want to tell you there's a different story. And the story is God has raised up men and women of shalom. Those are people of peace, according to Luke 10, right? Look for the person of peace. Who is that? A person working for the wholeness, the goodness, the well-being in their culture. Are there bad teachers? What would the answer be? Yes. Are there bad lawyers? The answer would be? Are there bad accountants? The answer would be? Are there bad laborers? The answer would be? We don't write off something for one or two bad apples, right? And if we do, that's called judging, and that's called stereotyping, and that's called sin. So let's just repent of that, right? I mean, we don't say, well, I was fixing to say we don't say all politicians are bad, but you need not say that. That's not right, right? God raises up people for such a time as this. And so we need to be supportive in partnering and praying. I'm going to talk a little bit about that today. At least I want to capture your hearts. I want to capture your hearts at what can happen. And Jane and, and, and Miss Lee and Patty did a great job, amen, sharing the stories. And even if you don't go onto the school campus, there's things that are being done to, to get ready for different Title I camps and things. And so it's a blessed season. It's a blessed opportunity. But you say, I don't have time to go into the campus. I don't have time to volunteer. I want to invite you to pray. And I want to add pray for. You hear that little prepositional phrase? Pray for our staff, our teachers, our administration. Pray for the students and their parents. Life has changed. Like several years ago when I was making a presentation to a group and I was talking about how much our students need caring adults in their lives, the comment was made, and this was by someone uh, that was uh, older than me, and they made the statement that when they're growing up, 
they didn't need outside agents because all their parents were very involved and very committed to what was going on in the schools. Well, economically, I need you to hear that most of our parents of children in schools are working at least one job, and many of them are working two jobs. So think about the impact. And so if we go, well, they should just change, and they should prioritize their, their values and their family, rather than us speaking judgment and things like that, we're called to come alongside and to be helpers. We're called to come alongside and to support and to pray. And at this school, which is one of the most uh, disadvantaged in terms of economic achievement, at this school it proves that they can score just as high as someone from a rich school. I love to hear the testimony. They go, uh, we did better than the rich schools, you know? And uh, isn't that a great testimony? It's a great testimony. Lord Jesus, I pray today that you'll capture our hearts with a vision of how we can participate or pray or advocate on behalf of schools, public schools. Are we grateful for private schools, home schools? God, we're grateful for all the different educational opportunities in our country. But we want to stand in the gap today to be salt and light, to be a blessing for public education and what you're doing there and so, Father, would you capture our hearts with the importance of the vision of what you're doing in public education? And, Lord, would you anoint our prayers and would you anoint our advocacy? And, Lord, would you do this in Jesus' name? And, by the way, before I, I get into the message, I want to say happy birthday to Prince. Prince, it's your birthday today, right? Y'all say happy birthday to Prince. We love you, man. We're glad God has brought you to be a part of our church. Amen? Prince is a gift. God just adding to our midst, and we are, we are just so blessed. So I want to share with you a little bit about the history of how we got involved with Hare Grove, and together we are working for the common good. In Acts chapter 10, verse 38, the scripture says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. So first of all, God anointed Jesus. He anointed him with a purpose to go around doing good and healing. And so think about that phrase, go around doing good. Does our acts, do our acts of kindness, do our acts of goodness, do they make a difference? And Jesus modeled for us doing good is very good. Amen? And so in the midst of a culture where we're emphasizing all the brokenness, and, and I, I'm not sure that there's more brokenness today than there was years back, but if you've got social media notifications and your ring notifications and everything, I think we know more about the bad stuff than we used to, which is actually engendering fear in a lot of people. But Jesus went about doing good. What we're called to be is we're called to be agents of goodness in the earth. And so a smile, a prayer, an act of kindness in our neighborhoods, with our workers, with the community. God has called us. Jesus was anointed to do that. And I want to say, Calvary, those of you in this room and those of you online, you're anointed to go about doing good. So look for ways to provoke goodness. Look for ways to stimulate love and good deeds. Look for ways to bring out the best in people. You know, I watch different interactions with people, 
And uh, man, I can't tell you the number of word curses that I have to break off every time I hear somebody opens their mouth. You know, they're speaking, you don't care about us and you, and especially if you're online with somebody that you need help from whatever industry you need help in and now you're getting routed all over the world, right? And the anger and the frustration increases. That person on the end of the phone probably, probably doesn't deserve a single judgmental thought. And then if they do, the Lord says, forgive as I have forgiven you, right? And so goodness, even in the way we show up, even when you have to say, can I speak to your manager? Or can I go over the top of your head? Do it in a good way, amen? Do it in a, I know you don't mean this. I know you're not the problem, but I need to talk with somebody who can help. And we can do that in a condescending, judgmental way, or we can bring goodness. And uh, I'll admit, being stuck online helps my prayer life because I'm stewing and I'm anxious and I'm trying to get a solution, right? And so, uh, Lord Jesus, help me. Give me favor. Help me to relax. Help me to just, Lord, I know you're building patience and endurance in me as I enter into my third hour on this phone call. Lord, I trust you in what you're doing, right? Can he redeem anything? Listen, you know it's true, right? Now, what if you make up your mind you're not going to spend time on the phone talking to people and dealing with those things? Will you get any results? The answer is no, right? And so it's actually, this is all helpful stuff this morning. Did you know life is a game of endurance? And somebody's just seeing if they can wear you out and make you give up, right? Right? And the truth is, we're tempted on every phone call, right, to quit and give up. Like, how many times can you go through the same phone tree and get back to the same place where you started? What a game someone invented. It's actually torture. And so you get stuck in these loops. And so you need access to Christ. You know, it sounds like that we're making fun, but life is complex, right? Life is a challenge. So Jesus went up, and it says, because God was with him. Calvary? God is with you. God is with those of you online. Because God is with us, we can go about doing good and we can actually be a source of healing or deliverance as Jesus was because that's who Jesus is living in you and me, God with us. And so we're working for the common good. Jeremiah 20, so mark down Acts 10, 38. I actually hope you've got that memorized or marked or highlighted in whatever scripture that you use. And then Jeremiah 29.7, Jeremiah 29.7. Now, this is what the Lord spoke to those who were exiled to the nations. There had been judgment that came upon the Jewish people. They were exiled throughout the nations of the earth, especially to Babylon. And listen to what God says to a people in exile who didn't want to be where they were sent and where they had to go. Listen to what he says, Jeremiah 29.7. Seek the peace and prosperity, the city to which I've carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. So Calvary, I've told you over and over again, when you're driving on our Houston roads and through our freeways, would you pray for Greater Houston? Would you pray for its prosperity? That means its economic well-being. As the city prospers, so we will prosper. But it also says pray for its peace. Shalom, that big word. One day Joshua is going to get to share some revelation that God has given to him about how broad that definition is. 
it doesn't mean just the absence of conflict, but it means human flourishing, wholeness, well-being. We're pre- it's the kingdom of God in the Old Testament is the word shalom. It's just shorthand for that uh, a big concept. So when you're driving around, pray for the shalom, the wholeness, the human flourishing, the safety, the protection, the grace of the Lord, and pray for the prosperity of the place to which you've been sent. That's actually the command of the Lord. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Do you need mercy today? The scripture says give mercy. Do you need a friend? then be a friend. Whatever it is, if you'll cast your bread upon the water and you'll scatter that seed, it will be a blessing to you. So we're, together we're working for the common good. Together we're serving the poor and the marginalized and those in need. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 31 to 46, we have the parable of the sheep and the goats. Listen to what the Lord says in Matthew 15, 37. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, When do we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When do we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When do we see you sick or in prison and go and visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did it for me. We're actually called to serve the poor, the marginalized, and those in need. And Jesus in this passage lists some of those people. Hungry, they're thirsty, they're strangers, they're, they're in, in prison, they're, they're needing clothes. There's all sorts of categories of people in need, and the Lord invites us to partner with him to serve the poor, the marginalized, and those in need. Now, oftentimes you hear people quote the scripture the poor you'll always have with you. And they use that as an excuse not to help. That passage in Deuteronomy actually commands us, it says the poor you will always be with, have with you, so therefore keep open-handed and hearted toward them. It's not an excuse to say no, it's an opportunity to be a source of blessing. So together we're working for the common good, we're serving the poor, the marginalized, and those in need, and we're restoring, we're in the restoration business, restoring individuals, social systems, communities, and nations to God's intended design. Isaiah 61.4, one of the foundations that God placed in this, the foundation of this actual physical building as the Lord spoke to Pastor Steve. They will rebuild the ancient ruins. They'll restore places long devastated. They'll renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. We're actually in the restoration business, helping different places in our spheres of influence come into their redemptive purpose. So think about this. Every neighborhood in our community has a redemptive purpose. Did you know every school has a redemptive purpose in its design in God? Every business, like when you go to work, when you go to work, there was a redemptive purpose that God has for that, for that company. And so what we need to do is ask God for the vision to see what those redemptive gifts are and bless those and serve his purposes Even the federal government has a redemptive purpose. Did you know that? The answer is yes, right? Right. We have to convince ourselves, right? Every institution, everything, arts and media has a redemptive purpose in God. So what we want to do is we want to pray for 
what God created them for, restoration to their original vision, calling, anointing. And so public schools are a place that we pray and we want to help make all things new in our spheres of influence. So we pray, we work, we labor to restore. We want to bring restoration. And then touching the generations. Malachi, Malachi chapter 4 verse 6 He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. We want to turn our hearts to children so that the generations can work together, be united, reunited, and fulfill what God has. Listen, there's a vision that God has for us to work for the common good, to serve. He wants us to serve the poor, the marginalized, and those in need. He wants us to work for restoration in our spheres of influence. And then he wants us to care or to partner. He actually speaks a judgment in that passage. If the adults won't turn their hearts to the other generations, we've missed God. In the Old Testament, the Lord is referred to as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of generations. And so we need to be a people who have our eyes and our hearts open. As Ms. Lee talked about, back in 2005, we got a vision. We heard something about the whole and healthy uh, children initiative across greater Houston. Mission Houston, which started in about 1996, asked the question, what if Houston were as famous for whole and healthy children as Houston is famous for NASA? Wouldn't that be amazing? People looking, and so they began to pray, and they asked, what's the highest leverage way to impact the lives of children in our culture? And one of the ways that it was determined by pastors and leaders throughout greater Houston was, let's get involved with the public school system, especially all ages need it. Every, every, every school, elementary, middle school, high school, needs partnership but especially with the elementaries where we can transform. We want to transform the trajectory of children for good. That's actually our highest point of leverage throughout greater Houston. And so a citywide effort was launched, and Calvary in 2006 began to partner with another church, I mean another school in our area. And then Copperfield Church got a vision as we were scattering and advocating for what God wanted to do with the partnerships between churches and schools. Larry Womack at Copperfield Church as their pastor and founding pastor, they got a vision, and so they got involved at Hairgrove. They drove around, they discerned where God said to get involved, and then they got involved in 2008 at Hairgrove Elementary. So from 2007, To 2009, Larry Womack, Pastor Larry, a good friend of ours, leaned into us like a happy elephant. And he said, listen, we need a testimony of cooperation and unity. What we see are different churches serving individually in the schools. What would it look like if Calvary and Copperfield came together and partnered with Hairgrove together? He just kept sharing that vision and sharing that vision and sharing that vision. And, and you know, we had made a commitment and we wanted to be a good testimony. We'd given our word and we wanted that school taken care of that we had partnered with since 2006. And then another church said, we'll take on this partnership because I was not going to let go of that partnership without someone stepping in to take the place. And so another church had already begun to to partner with this other school that we were working with. And so 2008, 
Copperfield starts working with Hair Grove. In 2009, we joined the partnership. So we've been at this a long time. And it is a joy to partner with Copperfield Church, with Hairgrove Elementary. And then that citywide effort, there's now a ministry called Loving Houston. Loving Houston is trying to raise up school partnerships with, with faith-based organizations all across greater Houston and even beyond that. I, I mentioned that I want you to consider ways that you can partner, consider ways that you can pray, but friends, you can advocate for what God's doing today. Several years ago, I actually had one of our church members that was casting vision, sharing about our partnership, and someone in East Texas heard about it. They came and said, can we meet with you? We want to know how to start a school partnership there. I believe we had another group that found out about it in Corpus Christi and said, how did y'all get involved in the public school system? We thought the doors were closed. And so we were able to cast vision. You can advocate and tell people if they want to know how to get involved with public schools, point them to Loving Houston. It's doing amazing training. We have our Office of Community Engagement here. Don Tryon is doing a great job. And I just heard, this was an amazing stat. Um, we now have 74 of our 95 campuses in the Cypher School District partnered with, with businesses or churches. Isn't that amazing? Just a few years ago, it was barely 40. And so that was so encouraging to me, and she's got an energy, and, and as God's using her effectively, the community engagement office, and she's the director of community engagement, doing a great job. And so I'm very, very grateful, but we want to have 95 out of 95. And by the time we get this figured out, there'll probably be 15 new schools. So we'll have more needs, right? We'll need to partner with. So caring adults can make a difference in the lives of students, children, staff. You can mentor, you can volunteer, you can pray, you can give. And what we're longing to see, hear me, is we're longing to see the transformation of our culture. And one of the best ways to do that is to influence children for good. Change the trajectory of a child. And people say all the time the public schools are closed to the churches. Can I tell you what the public schools are closed to? us coming to tell them how to do their job. But they're open to anybody that will come and partner with them. Our joy at Hairgrove and in all these partnerships is to ask the simple question, how can we serve you? How can we bless you as staff, the principal, the teachers? Because they're the ones making the biggest impact. And then they, we talk and they come up with different things that would help them, like we just heard this vision about mentoring. That's a huge need. We have 13 mentors. There's a goal of 26 by next year. Wouldn't it be great if we could send 100 mentors to their campus and just overwhelm their system where it breaks down, right? And they go, what do we do with all these volunteers? That would be a great blessing. And so we're not going in to tell people how to do something or what to do. We're going in to help them and to serve them and to encourage them. And that's our assignment. And so we get to partner. We get to partner and demonstrate the love of Jesus to students, staff, children, parents. We get to do that through our service, support, our encouragement, our prayers, in order to restore our community to God's design and to impact the, the trajectory of children for good. That's our privilege. 
Changing the trajectory of children is a high leveraged activity. Overcoming poverty through education. Keeping kids in school versus dropping out. In our second year of the partnership, the counselor told me that children were deciding in the second grade where they were going to go through and graduate from high school. In the second grade. If they were falling behind with reading and other skills and they were really struggling, they were making a decision early on that this is not worth it. Well, what opportunities do we have as a culture if our children drop out uh, in the ninth grade or drop out whenever it is that they're dropping out? And then think about this. Houston, the whole nation is looking at Houston, how we handle our diversity. And businesses are telling us that we need a baseline of education in order to have hireable people in greater Houston. If people graduate and they've not been educated and they've not developed capacities for reading, critical thinking, and those things, then, then we're not going to have an employable place and then we'll be like other countries where businesses don't want to be in that place because they can't have someone to hire or to consider. I love Cypher. Cypher is amazing. You can get technical degrees. You can get college degrees. You can get whatever it is that, that the Lord's leading you to do. You can do those things, and, and you don't have to have a four-year degree from college in order to achieve anything. That's really good news. So, you, you know, plumbers and electricians, there's high demands for skilled people, right? Technicians. I just met a guy this past week that is getting his education right now. He's in a trade school to work on wind turbines. And that's the first redemptive thing about wind turbines that I've heard. When I drive out west and out to my homeland of West Texas, I see these white behemoths everywhere. And they dot my beautiful landscape. And so Tammy knows that I have to be positive and I have to think good thoughts and say good things. And sometimes I don't always, you know, but I got to hear of a guy who's discovered that's a gold mine for him as an opportunity for employment. And I listened to him cast vision and I must admit, I was excited for him. Isn't that good news? So we get to change the trajectory of children through educating them, keeping them in school. We get to raise up future leaders, future leaders. And then we get to raise up employable adults for businesses. So caring, partnering. So Calvary, Calvary, the vision is God loves our children. Jesus said, suffer the little kids to come to me, right? Jesus loves children. They're not second-class students. They can have just as much of the Holy Spirit as you and me. We don't wait for them to grow up and figure it out. We are called to be a multi-generational people who sow in. So I'm so grateful that we're doing that, and we're doing that in so many ways here with our youth ministry, our children's ministries, our different activities mission camps, summer blasts, all the different programs that we have, we're making a difference in people that you never see on Sunday mornings. And we're getting to do it through our partnerships with schools. Okay, 
when we started the summer, back in May, every year we pray in our different prayer times that I'm a part of. We're praying for our children. We're praying for their summer activities. We're praying for what God wants to do in the lives of children, teens, and young adults. And we're praying that the Lord would mark them. We're praying that the Lord would move upon their hearts, and we're praying that the Lord would mold them. We're praying that the Lord will mark children, youth, and young adults for life. Many of us are following the Lord today because somebody met with us in Sunday school, in Bible study, in kids' church, in children's ministry, at a vacation Bible school. We were marked for life, and our destiny was set because of what God did at camp or what God did at a, a mission trip or some summer activity like Summer Blast. I want you to know, would you join me every year in, the, in May praying that God will mark children for eternity through the activities that are provided by churches for children, teens, and young adults. And then pray that God would move upon their hearts with his transformational power, for his transformational power. So we pray that God will meet them. We pray that God will show up. You know, in those little activities with their little attention span, you wonder if God can do anything. Did you know our God can do anything? He can meet them, a word here, an activity there, a seed planted there, and then that God would mold them. Mold them into what? Into agents of blessing as a part of the kingdom of God. May our children, youth, and young adults be conformed to the image of Christ rather than being pressed into the mold of this world. Romans chapter 12 verse 2. So God mark them. God move upon their lives with your power and God mold them into agents of transformation. May they be influencers rather than getting influenced. Amen. But now we're here as we start the school year and you've asked, I'm sure you're asking right now, how can I pray right now? I'm glad you've asked that. I wanna give you 32 points on how to pray effectively. I'm gonna give you eight. Number one, pray for parents, teachers, and staff, children and parents in this back to school season. Did you hear the word pray for? Pray for, pray for, pray for. If your prayer is against or God do this and yeah, nix that. Pray for all the activities, pray that what they encountered this summer, would you pray for them that it'll bear much fruit to the Father's glory in John 15, eight. Jesus says, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. Man, all these different investments and activities, all the different partnerships, all the summer activities with children, teen and youth, let's pray, oh God, cause a lot of fruit to come, and some 30, some 60, some 100, but let it be fruitful, amen? Number two, may our children, teens, and young adults be influencers rather than being influenced. Matthew chapter five, verse 13 to 16. Matthew five, 13 to 16. Remember, my notes are online, by the way, as you panic and think you can't keep up. So we're gonna pray that God would use them and they'll bear much fruit to the Father's glory. We're gonna pray that they're influencers, agents of salt and light, rather than being influenced. Number three, may our children, teens, and young adults carry the fiery passion of the Lord Jesus Christ in the anointing of his Holy Spirit. That's Matthew chapter three, verse 11. 
Jesus came to baptize us with the power of the Holy Spirit and with fiery passion, his passion, his zeal. So let's pray for them that they'll carry, as they, they, had, they had experiences with God this past summer, amen? So let's pray that they carry that fire with them and that every wet blanket will not accomplish its purpose. That everything that the enemy wants to do to steal that seed, it will not accomplish its work. But rather, we pray that they would be a people who carry back a fire of transformation. Number four, number four, pray Jeremiah 29.7. I've already given that to you. Pray, when you drive past a school, when you drive past a college, when you drive past any educational places, homeschooling, whatever it is, pray, pray for the peace and prosperity, the peace and prosperity of that place. And then, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 to 2. You know that. I urge then, first of all, that prayers, requests, intercession, thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. So pray for administrators. Pray for the teachers and the leaders. Pray for the staff. Pray for what's going on in education. Pray for it. Pray for it. Then, number six, pray for teachers, staff, and children and parents all across greater Houston to be blessed. It's not enough if God blesses Cy Fair. We actually have, I believe, the best school district in the nation. Our school district is amazing, and it's recognized at the state level and the national level. It's amazing. But you know what? It doesn't do any good. HISD last year had 600 vacancies as they began the school year. Now, Ms. Lee said that they're able to fill every vacancy that they have. Can you imagine showing up to class and there's no teacher? There's no teacher. And so, now what's the reason? That's a complex thing to talk about. There's reasons for that. But would you pray for blessings? Number seven, pray for teachers, staff, administrators, and students that they'll have anointing, protection, favor, safety, abundance, human flourishing. Just think of that word shalom and just fit in there all those different things. Safety. And then, number eight, pray for the Lord to lead our school board. Let the Lord lead our school board in the choosing of our next superintendent. Dr. Mark Henry has been in a line of amazing superintendents at SciFair ISD, and he's retiring in December of this year. This is an important position. Would you pray for our school board? Would you pray that God will lead them to pick the person that he has for them in the school district? Would you pray with us about that? I'm praying for that regularly. Would you join me in that prayer? Oh, Calvary, God loves children. God loves our schools. God loves homeschoolers. He loves the private schoolers. He loves the public schools. And, and we need to be a people who recognize we can change the trajectory of children for good through a caring adult. Through, and, and then I said advocacy. Listen, you might not have any opportunity to serve in a school but man, if you, if you drive downtown, would you cast vision at your place of work? HISD needs school partnership with churches and businesses. Would you cast a vision that instead of us driving home and being stuck for two hours, let's take 30 minutes or an hour to mentor or to stay and help with after school programs or something redemptive? 
Let's cast a vision. Like I said, we've had, we've had people come from East Texas and South Texas. Loving Houston is getting people requesting help. You can be an advocate because I just shared with you a message and you're infected. Isn't that good news? So you can share the good news of what God is doing today. Amen? Would you please stand? We hope you've enjoyed this episode from Calvary Community Church Podcast. For more content and information about Calvary Community Church, please visit our website at calvaryhouston.com.